0: a Mizmor that we know from Tefillah and a Mizmor that Midrash Tehillim writes should be read on Rosh Hashanah and on Yom Kippur. The current Ashkenazi practice is to read this Mizmor from Rosh Chodesh Elul until after Hoshana Rabbah and some Sfaradim say this Mizmor every day as part of their Tefillah. We will look at the structure and the content of the Mizmor and see that it does indeed reflect themes appropriate for the Amim Nor'aim, as well as for other days of the year, um, in the way it describes the way man and God relate. For this Mizmor, I relied on, heavily on an article by Rav Elchanan Samet from, from Yeshivat HaRatzion. So we will go with Rav Samet's approach in terms of the division of the Mizmor, And we will divide them more using objective measures, meaning not based on the changing topics um, or content going from pasuk to pasuk, rather we'll divide it into two distinct sections which will be about equal length, um, based on the changing point of view of the speaker. So in the first section, which is pisukim Aleph Tavav, the speaker relates to Hashem in third person, and we see that this third-person voice is also a voice that has complete confidence in Hashem. In the second section, which is Pesukim Zayin to Yod Gimel, the mishrair addresses Hashem in the second person and has a totally different tone. He seems to be in despair and he needs salvation from Hashem. The tone of the two, halves of the two sections of the Mizmor is actually so different that we might be tempted to ask if they really are part of the one Mizmor. However, due to similarity in their language and also the overarching message of the Mizmor, we can conclude that they are, in fact, one Mizmor. Um, The last pasuk, which I didn't mention, really kind of stands on its own. There's also a change of voice in that pasuk. And Rav suggests that we could actually recite this pasuk at the end of Mizmor Vav, sorry, at the end of Pasuk Vav, and then again at the end of Pasuk Gimam, and we will get to that. At the end of the Mizmor. After we go through each Pasuk and see the difference between section one and section two of this Mizmor, we will summarize Rav Samet's approach to the Mizmor, giving it a unified meaning. Pasuk Aleph. To David, Hashem is <laughs> my light and salvation. Whom should I fear? So we see there's an image of light, which represents good happiness as opposed to darkness, which is usually representative of distress. Hashem is the fortress of my life. Of whom should I be afraid? So since I have this support from God, I will not be afraid of anybody, even as my enemies approach me. Pasuk Bikrov alay miraim when evildoers draw near to eat my flesh, my foes and my enemies are they, they stumble and fall. So we hear here military language, the Ma'oz is the fortress, and it's protecting the Misha Rabbi Krov Alay. And this word Krov can have a double meaning either from the language of Krab, battle, so when my enemies approach me to do battle. Or simply because of as the enemies come close to me. Pasuk im tachaneh alay machane lo yirat libi. If they encamp around me in a camp, my soul will not fear. Im takum alay milchama, bezot ani If they arise to wage war with me, in this I am confident. So the Bezot here is this, is the belief that was expressed in Pasuk Aleph, the belief that Hashem, Pasuk Aleph and Pasuk Bet, the belief that Hashem is Yish'i as well as Ma'oz Chayai. And because of this belief, there is no fear of the enemies, there's no fear as the enemies come out to do battle. And if you look at the language of these, of Pasuk Bet and Pasuk Imel, you'll see that there's a development or kind of a progression of military activity. We start with Bikrov, so the preparation for war, the enemy is coming close. Moving to Tachaneh, they are encamping. And then finally, Takum alai, they are waging war. So even though the enemy seems to be well prepared, and perhaps is approaching for war, the Misharer does not seem to be concerned. He has his complete confidence in God. Pasuk Dalet Achat, sha'alti me'et Adonai, otavakesh. One thing I ask of Hashem, it is this that I seek. What does he ask? Shifti bevet Adonai, kol yemei chayai, that I dwell in the house of Hashem all the days of my life. So he should always be able to come to the Mikdash and have a close relationship with God. Lachazot Adonai, behechaloh, To behold Hashem's sweetness or Hashem's beauty and to visit his hechal every morning. Right? Milashon boker, so... He should be able to constantly visit. So while the pasuk starts with achat, one request, it seems that perhaps there are six separate requests in this pasuk. Um, Or really, between this pasuk and the next pasuk, we'll see six total requests. And Rav Samet explains that all of these requests are manifestations of one central request. The request to be close with God, kol yemei meaning all days of my life, any kind of life situation, whatever the case may be, um, there is a desire to be close to with God. And these days include days of peace, and in those types of days when everything is tranquil, it's sufficient to just sit in the house of Hashem. However, in turbulent times, that closeness with God will require an additional protection, the Ki that we'll see in the next Pasuk. Pasuk Ki B'Yom Ra'ah, For He hides me in His shelter, on a bad day. So, this is a continuation of the previous Pasuk, a hope that Hashem will protect me on a bad day. But it's more than just a hope. From the language and the word used with ki, it kind of sounds like this is a given. Ki, it's been he will do this. Even if the times are bad and I can't just sit in the house of the Lord all my days, I know that Hashem will protect me in his tent on any kind of bad day. Yastireni beseter ohalo He hides me in the recesses of his of his tent. On a rock, he raises me up. So this rock, this sur, can be kind of a place that offers protection, perhaps a place with caves or crevices, or it can also be a reference to the mikdash, similar to the sukkah and the hechal that we've seen up until now, and in in Yeshaya. In uh, Perek Lamed, there's also a Pasuk, Lavo Behar Adonai El Sur Israel. So we see in other places that Sur can also just be another reference to the Mikdash. So again, the Mishur is confident, whether it's good times or bad times. He requests to sit with God and he's confident that this will happen. And when it does, Pasuk Vav, the Atay Yarum Roshi Al Oyevai sevivotai, And now my head rises over my enemies who surround me. Let me sacrifice in his tent, sacrifices with joyous sounds and with musical accompaniment. So when he raises me on this sur, I will rise above my enemies, I'll be saved from my enemies, and then let me sing in him for Hashem. So we saw really in this first section of the Mizmor, an expression of real confidence and salvation expressed in a song to God, and when we move to the next Pasuk, Pasuk Zayin, we will have a stark change in tone. As we said earlier, the point of view of the speaker will now shift to second person, and the Mishore seems to be now in extreme distress. While we did hear of enemies in the first half of the Mizmor, these enemies were there, but they weren't really a concern because there was such a strong feeling that Hashem will save the Mishore. In the next section, we'll see that, there's only, that there seems to be some kind of existential threat to the Mishore from, from the enemies. And as we go through this section, we'll point out the language that parallels the first half of the Mizmor. Pasuk Zayin Shema Adonai Koli Ekra VeAneni. Hear Hashem my voice as I call to you, and have mercy on me and answer me. While there were requests made in the first half of the Mizmor, it was assumed that Hashem was listening. There was no explicit request for Hashem to hear. As opposed to here, we hear a phrase that we've heard in other Mizmorim of Bakasha, a request that Hashem listen to the tefillah. Pasukhet Lecha amar libi bakeshu fanai, Et panecha Adonai avakesh. So the understanding of this Pasuk is really dependent on this Lecha, Rashi explains the ha as amar libi bimkomech, so it's as though the Mishore is hearing some kind of voice speaking in his soul, and it's as though the soul is speaking on behalf of Hashem, and the soul is saying for Hashem, seek my face, seek Hashem's face, and then the Mishore responds, it's panecha adonai Avakesh. it is your face that I seek Hashem, and this Avakesh is in contrast to the achachatim et Hashem otavakish that we saw previously. In that Pasuk, the request assumed the connection with Hashem, but asked for something constant and long-lasting. Here the request is for a specific salvation. And since I am requesting you and seeking your face, Pasuk Tet, al taster pan, mimeni, al tat avdecha. Do not hide your face from me. Do not push your servant away in anger. Right? Because I know you were my my helper in the past. Don't abandon me now. Al Do not forsake me and do not leave me. The God of my salvation. So while in pasuk Aleph the description of Hashem as was stated as, as a descriptive fact, here it's a request. The confidence of Biyom Ra'ayas Ohalo is replaced here with the Al-Taster Panecha. The Mishoreh is worried that Hashem will turn his face away. And here he's asking, please do not h- hide your face from me. Um, in contrast to the previous Pasuk, where there was an assumption that Hashem will will be close with the Mishoreh and then hide him in a kind of hiddenness of protection. So we see that the assumptions of the first half of the mizmor. Become desperate, please, in the second half as the Mishorer feels completely abandoned, azavuni for my father and mother have forsaken me, but Hashem gathers me in. This abandonment by the father and the mother represents complete abandonment, the Mishorer is completely alone. It's so great, the abandonment or the tzarav of the Mishorer is so great that even his parents can't help him However, he still is able to rely on Hashem, and asks Pasuk Yod Aleph, "Horini Adonai darkecha, uncheni beorach mishor nema'an shoredai." Teach me your way, Hashem, and lead me on the straight path, so that I will be saved from my enemies. Pasukyud Bet, "Al titenini sarai, ki kamuv'i Sheker vifeh hamas." Do not place me in the soul of my enemies, for false witnesses have stood up against me. And this nefesh has an implication of the desires of my enemies. So please do not allow my enemies to fulfill their desires against me. Um, And the tzarai o'ivai here contrasts those that are mentioned in Pesukim Bet and Gimel. So please do not allow me to be destroyed by by my enemies. Pesuk Gimel. If I did not have faith that I would merit seeing the good of God in the lands of the living, and then there seems to be like a dot, 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 this pasuk is hanging. And the Mishra is saying, had I not had faith in God, who knows what would have happened. Meaning, without my faith in Hashem, I would not be able to withstand this distress. Um, or perhaps, if not for my faith, my enemies would have been able to overcome me, but because I have this faith in God, um, Hashem will save me from my enemies. And then we have Pasuk Dalad, which really is a kind of closing to the Mizmor. Kaveh el Adonai, chazak el Adonai. This statement seems to be one that the Mishoreh is addressing to someone. He's telling someone hope in God. So it's possible that a mitzpaleel would... After completing this, Mizmor as a tefillah would turn to the audience before him and exhort them to listen to the message of this pasuk. Or perhaps the person praying is saying to himself, hope for Hashem, let your heart be strong and bold and have hope in Hashem. This pasuk really is an apt ending to each half of the Mizmor and can be appropriately said both after pasuk Vav as well as after pasuk Yud so how do the two sections of this more relate to each other? If we think about them, we can see that each half is really represents a different way that man is able to relate to God. In the first half, we have the sense of a relationship between man and God that is from God above down to man below. Man does not seem to be very active in seeking out God. God is... Referred to in the third person, Hashem is kind of just there in the background. It's totally assumed that Hashem will be around. The Mishra has total confidence, seems very happy and satisfied, knowing that Hashem will always be there for him. And in relating that half of the Mizmor to the original Midrash that we mentioned, the Midrash Tehilim, of saying this on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. The first half of the Mizmor is the Rosh Hashanah Hashanah type of relationship with God where we are mamli Hashem and Hashem is our king ruling over us and we can assume that he will take care of his people. The second half of the Mizmor, on the other hand, is a very different relationship with God and this is the relationship where man needs to actively seek out God. Because man is actively seeking out God, God God is referred to in the second person. The Mishra needs to speak to God, needs to beg Hashem to hear him, to listen to him. And this then is more of the relationship that man feels with God when it comes to the Yom Kippur part of the Yom Noraim. And whether man is approaching God from the point of view of complete confidence in Hashem or whether he feels that he is in distress and needs to find God to be able to have that relationship with him, the summary to either of those prayers is kind of this didactic message of kavel Hashem, whether you're feeling Hashem in your life or whether you need to go and seek out Hashem. The message of the Mishoreh is kavel Hashem, have trust in Hashem, chazak v'yamitzli mecha, strengthen your soul and have faith in Hashem. And whether this mizmor is one that you're saying on the Amim or on a day-to-day basis. It can be appropriate at any time as it expresses the differing ways in which man is able to call out to Hashem.